All right. Well, welcome to the Doppler Effect. Today we have Zach and Connie to talk about FOMO and what it represents. And I guess uh, me and Hamza will we'd like to thank you for being here and spending this time with us. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I guess you guys also reached out with this topic that you have in mind. So why are we here to talk about FOMO? Yeah, so I can um, kick us off there. I'm Zach. I'm a second-year student at Kellogg. I know both of you guys really well. Hamza from my section, Gabrielle from travel and other things together. So I think I was the one who initially approached this topic with Hamza, mostly because I wanted to get involved. But then I think I get made fun of a lot by my friends for experiencing a lot of FOMO and being a very active participator at Kellogg. So I thought this would be a really fun topic to dive into in a little bit more detail. Yeah, uh, my name is Connie, guys. I'm also a second year at Kellogg. And I was so flattered when Zach asked me to be on this podcast about FOMO. And ironically enough, he was discussing it at a dinner at Furious Spoon that I walked past and saw all of them eating (laughs) and I wasn't there. So there was like, you know, I get FOMO sometimes, but I do think it presents a little bit differently. Um, than Zach. And so I'm really excited to be here today and talk about it and maybe share new perspectives on the topic. So especially when I think of you, Zach, like you will go to things. And Zach is someone who's really reliable in terms of knowing that he's down to like experience everything because I don't I'm sure you have your core group of friends that you go out with the most. Do you turn down invites to events or not go to events where there are people that you don't really know? And if not, is there an aspect of FOMO in that decision making? I think our lives at Kellogg are very busy. I, I think to be like fully fair and transparent, like coming from consulting and like recruiting being a little bit less intense for me last year, like did allow me to really prioritize like participating in things and it made it very easy for me to be someone who said yes to a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason like a few of my friends are calling me like Zach FOMO chef is because it is very easy to convince me to do anything. I have preferences. There are things that I really like doing, but I also... I think I have weaker preferences than the average person. So whether it's saying, hey, do you want to go out to this restaurant? Do you want to go to this bar? Do you want to come play Catan at 3 p.m. on this random day when you really didn't have anything else going on? My answer is going to be, yeah. And sometimes these are things organized by my closest friends. Sometimes they're things organized by people who I know but don't know as well. And it's very easy to get me to yes, generally. And just even philosophically, this is really important to me early on last year. Because I think that for me, like participating in things helps me form a basis with people. And it's not, I don't feel like I usually get there with people after doing one thing one time with them. So it's kind of that continually saying yes and going to stuff. And oftentimes if you do this enough, like people will think of you as someone who wants to do it with them. So if they have an interesting idea for like an eight person dinner, like you might be one of the names who pops to mind. And that's for me always really exciting when I get an opportunity to do something like that. Yeah, totally. And I think Zach gets a lot of energy with being from people. He's very extroverted in that sense, whereas I'm someone who needs a lot of alone time to recharge. And so for me, it's like there will be events that I'm excited to go to, things that I want to go to, but either because like things get busy with recruiting or work, or I just feel like I need time to recharge. I just need to be a little bit pickier about the things that I go to to preserve my own mental sanity and emotional health. And so that gets really tough because it feels sometimes like I would like to go to this thing, but I just physically can't. And like, be a full functioning human being and then to Zach's point too it's like I'm not always top of mind for people when it comes to invites and like fun activities and so that's like a little bit different of like how to navigate Kellogg when you need that space and time for yourself and when you say you want to recharge being by yourself allows you to recharge not being like pressure to go to events or what is it about that recharge time that it supersedes your FOMO literally to go to things because you know there are events happening we all know and I think that we're over aware actually of (laughs) all of the events happening if it's not through 
an email or Slack or your friends are talking about it or you see it on Instagram. There's so many things happening and curious like that, that alone time beats the FOMO. I think so because if I go to an event and I know I'm not fully present, I'm not going to be like my best self at that event, I feel like I just am like pretty quiet, pretty tired, pretty down in a corner and I'm not like making those connections and making the impression that I want to give people. I need to be like fully recharged and like on for a big event because I'm more of a one-on-one person or a small group person and a lot of big Kellogg events can be overwhelming. So I really need that quality time with myself and like alone time isn't just like, oh, I like was doing homework by myself, right? It's like I'm like reading or journaling or like doing something like yoga to like kind of reset. And so to me, it's just like, it's not even a question of like, oh, trade-offs here or there. It's like a priority of basis one needs to be taken care of in order for me to be like a social fun person. It's, it's really interesting to me that as both of you described it, I didn't hear an explicit mention of FOMO. It was like the flip side of that, where it's like the joy of being involved in something for you, Zach. And then for you, it's like the joy of being fully present when you have fully recharged and everything. So where does like the fear come in? Like, so with FOMO, fear of missing out, what aspect of it is really linked to that? Well, I mean, that's what's funny is because I've always... You know, FOMO is almost like a dirty word at Kellogg. It's something that, I mean, even administrators would like tell you something about it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, it's actually hilarious to me that I had to explain the concept to my parents that here at Kellogg, everyone understands it so clearly. But the thesis that I've kind of reached is that FOMO is not necessarily a bad thing because I think that the reason we feel it is because we all, and this is kind of, it feels like one of the themes for your podcast is in all the episodes kind of comes down to something about relationship building about, you know, why we worried about, you know, Kellogg Nights, why are we worried about being our true selves? And I, I kind of see FOMO as related to this too, because it's, I think most Kellogg events are ultimately missable. And as someone who loves going to Kellogg events, I think almost none of them are like, if you don't go to this one thing, your experience has changed. However, I do think that for me personally, I've found going to these events is the way to lean in. And I'm not scared of not being there and not getting the experience, but I do find myself particularly energized by getting to be a part of it. And from the friendships that grow from being a part of many different types of activities, like I found that really exciting. I don't, I've never thought of my desire to absolutely like participate, like to do it so extremely is a bad thing. But Tommy's point is also very personal. Like I feel very energized by these bigger events. Like I can be tired and go to one of them and then show up and feel energized by being there. And I think that that's just kind of a personal thing. So for me, like it actually is a maintenance of my own kind of personal health and happiness by going to stuff. If I was having a lot of alone time, that's where I think I would actually start to feel more isolated and less connected to the Kellogg community. And I think part of it too is prioritization to be totally honest and transparent here. Both Zach and I are sponsored students. We don't have families that we're taking care of at business school or a lot of heavy external obligations. And I think to Zach's point, it's really personal too because of your situation. And so it can be hard sometimes looking on Instagram if you see people doing all these fun things and like hanging out together. But like sometimes it's too an acceptance of like, yeah, I can do this or this is available to me. This isn't available to me. And Hamza to your point of like the whole fear of it, I think fear for me comes of like, I'm not getting the most out of my Kellogg mm-hmm. experience. So, you know, you pay so much money to be here. It's such an opportunity cost of your time. There's so many awesome people and things that you could be doing. It is a real fear of like, oh, am I using my time most wisely? Am I doing the things that I want to be doing? And that can cause a lot of, at least for me, internal to- turmoil around FOMO. It's funny when there are so many events, I feel like the fear for me is if you don't go to the event, you might miss on this like string of events because from the event comes another thing or it's a talking point and you come into a conversation and people are remembering this event or talking about the event, they're planning that event given their mood at that moment and you're like not part of that mood because you cannot recreate that scene in that 
moment. So I think it's it's an opportunity to be with people, to get energized by people, to listen to new people or to the same people and deepen those relationships. So I think for me, it's it's that. Not not being part of that moment with that group of people, it compounds. Like more over time, if you start missing more and more of these events, like Zach said, you you won't be at top of mind for, for the events. People that know you in the events and see you in the events will invite you to the next events mm-hmm. as part of like this flow of social life that we have here. One thing that's interesting though, and FOMO can be broader than just thinking about events, you know? Mm-hmm. We, are, we have giant opportunity costs. Calig affords you a lot of different opportunities and there, there are too many things to do that any human being physically could. So FOMO could be related to like doing BC Lab, it could be related to club leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a wide range of activities that people are searching for that one, you may not get because sometimes there's a million people trying to do it, or two, you just need to make a trade-off. And I think that that's really hard, and I think we all want to feel like we're making the right choices, but there's no real objective measure here to say what is the right choice. Like, I think we, we look at the people around us, we try to judge ourselves off that because like, that's so natural to do, but even that only provides us a little bit of a guiding light. We kind of need to figure it out for ourselves. And I think as second years, it's been a little bit easier to do that because mm-hmm. the world feels less hectic, but as first years, I definitely felt more of the pressure around Kellogg has an intensity to it and yeah. trying to figure out where I fit into that. That's actually a really good point. I've I've never experienced a fear socially of like I didn't go to that event. How was it like? If it is, it's usually centered around people versus events, although I know both of those are linked in a lot of cases. But what you raised about fear of not doing things that are available to us here at Kellogg and at Northwestern, that's a really real fear I have. And honestly, I might have it more second year than first year because second year it feels like the pressure is on to pursue those because it's so peaceful. You know, like we don't have much to do. The people that aren't recruiting, I'm not recruiting at this point. It's just I have so much time on my hands and I am beating myself up about not taking advantage of like we've discussed how many times taking undergrad classes. <laughs> we've had a discussion at least. We've There's had people the discussion. that don't even have a discussion. Okay? <laughs> true. Stop true. Giving me shit. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll pat ourselves on the back for that. But yeah, no, but I agree. That, that's something that has been on for me second year because last year I was like, I need to get a job mm-hmm. and all my time especially for the first half of the year was was consumed by that so i didn't really have the fomo i guess of like not doing these and then this year it's just been pretty terrible actually yeah i agree and i, I like the point of broadening not only yeah. to events fomo is a i don't know now that i'm thinking about it it's it's actually not the event that i fear missing out it's these opportunities that we won't get this access again and this amount of time and like this as you mentioned we're super privileged and grateful to be here like uh-huh. We have time to wonder about these things. And so I think it's a matter of having the idea, wanting to do it, but then execute it. No, I don't know. How do you take it to action? I guess it's a, so you like combat that fear of like actually doing it. Would you say that both of you act similarly to the broad definition of FOMO that you described as you do to the social aspect of it? Personally, not really. Okay. I think that I walked into Kellogg really comfortable kind of about how I wanted to prioritize, you know, the academics or the extracurriculars around things like that. And I felt really happy with how that went, particularly first year. And I like knocked out a lot of things in my to-dos. And second year for me has been much more focused on the relationship side, really solidifying that in this final year. So that's really where a lot of my mental energy has been devoted now. And things like club leadership or things like that, just I'm involved in some places, but it's not where I get my true joy out of this experience. So there are things I'm doing that I like, but those aren't the things that I think about late at night. 
Yeah, I think for me, I think a lot more about the different experiences Kellogg has to offer, not just club leadership, but I'm thinking about potentially doing VC lab, doing an internship on the side, really going down exploring Chicago more because it's a really awesome city. And the social component to me is more of like, I have a group of friends who I know I really want to spend time with, really want to invest in those relationships. It's balancing that with also second year is an excellent opportunity to meet some really awesome people. Already there are people who like I didn't know at the beginning of the year that I'm like, wow, they're really cool. So for me, it's kind of a balance of like social FOMO of like, how do I invest and maintain my current circle of friends while still being open and broadening to more people? Taking a step back out of Kellogg FOMO, um, <laughs> when do we start feeling FOMO? I was talking about this with Hamza. Like as a kid, I don't remember feeling FOMO. When do you start when you were seven years old, eight years old? Or when does it start that feeling that you know that something's happening and you're not there or there's an opportunity as we're talking about FOMO in a broader sense? There's an opportunity that you have a decision to make upon So I think it's two separate things. One is about being like excluded kind of. And the second about is about like, oh, I could go to something, mm -hmm. but I'm just choosing not to. So I think the exclusion part, everyone has probably faced at some point in their life. I moved around a lot as a kid and being the new kid every year in school, it was really hard to get those like, you know, fall birthday invitations because <laughs> everybody knows everybody. So that, you know, was really up clear and personal to me that like not everyone's invited to everything all the time. I think the actual FOMO of like, oh, I could go to things, but I can't really came in college when there was a lot of social pressure, if you will. And also my roommate at the time had a lot of FOMO and was like always running around doing things. So it was really funny our senior year because she would just be like, you know, she's like, I have so much FOMO. I need to like run around and do all these things. And I was kind of a swag, which stands for senior washed up girl. I was like, I'm going to the parties in sweats. Like, I don't really care. I'm like, by midnight. And it was just a choice that I made after like four years of undergrad. I'm like, I think I've seen and done all the things I want to see. I don't really feel the need to be out there going to the same parties I was going yeah. to two or three years ago. I thought it was worse as kids. And I think that for me, the reason it was worse is because I had less confident who I was. Mm -hmm. And I was still trying to figure out who I was and how I wanted to engage with the world and how I want to relate to other people. Like I found it very hard to be close to people. You know, it's like a middle school as a high school. I thought making friends was really challenging. So in this, those situations, I think FOMO to be manifested is, well, I would be doing these things. And I feel like I should be happy if I'm participating in stuff or making new friendships or having new experiences. But like those things just weren't happening. It didn't happen naturally. And I didn't feel like I was making those same types of connections. So, and I mean, we've kind of touched on it. Is it the event or the people? I think they're like getting the people side right felt really hard because I didn't know myself well enough mm -hmm. yet. I wasn't confident enough in myself yet to know how I wanted to engage with the world. I think that's where it felt isolating. At Kellogg, I felt a lot more support blankets there to kind of lift you up when you do start to feel that way. And it's something that I personally really like about the school. I'm really curious about the social media aspect of FOMO. You see all these posts of parties and things, and you see like people posting about conferences that they've planned or like speaking at something or being in 30 under 30, maybe. Um, and Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Are you actually? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, oh my I wouldn't be super surprised, but... <laughs> BCG, 30 under 30, <laughs> How do you think that has shaped how we approach FOMO and how we deal with it and how much space it takes in our lives? So one thing I'd say is I don't think 
necessarily, especially in second year, it's becoming apparent that everybody is invited to yeah. everything and yeah. you can necessarily go to everything. That's worth recognizing because like, I think that's just normal, but obviously not everything's accessible to everyone. I think social media is really interesting, especially with the advent of Instagram stories mm-hmm. because it's such a snapshot of where people are. I personally try to not watch that many stories because I feel like it just is like a continuous loop and ends up wasting a lot of my time and mental energy. Um, but I do think that being like a live and social in this age of just like constant posting is probably not like super healthy from a mind space perspective. I agree with that. I think that it makes it harder because it's, you can't even have willful ignorance per se. Like you can't, if you enjoy social media at all, and I'm actually someone who really does enjoy social media, you just have this hyper awareness of only the most fun and most interesting things that your mm-hmm. friends are doing. And this definitely shines through when I talk about my Kellogg experience with other people, they kind of say, oh, Zach, I see you did this, 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 this. I'm like, well, yeah, I didn't put the homework on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it is also challenging because like you are, if you at all engage with social media, you're just going to get bombarded with series yeah. of stuff that truly are the highlights. And people are really good at making it look as fun as possible. And like, maybe it was that fun. You're probably still fine if you weren't there, but it makes it very hard to mentally believe that. And I'm pretty, as someone who simultaneously likes social media, I am also pretty sold on the research that shows that social media probably makes people less happy, which is, I think, a tough challenge for our generation. I've actually recently in the past several months made a conscious effort not to post socializing on social media like i don't like my stories are dumb stories like i if you've seen them i apologize they're really <laughs> i love them it's, never stop it's yeah i agree it's it's bad but they like i don't post hanging out with friends just these things because i feel that when i start posting it i start buying into everyone else's stories as well and let them affect me more when i'm trying to curate that image of myself for me it's um Zach briefly mentioned it. It's, uh, you're never having enough when you see this Instagram, these posts, whatever you see. But it's never enough because it's super selective moments of pure joy, happiness, reflection, healthiness, surreal life. That if you're not aware that that's just like peaks of people's highlights of people's that the, the joy of sharing, because it's also nice when you see I don't know. It's a good connection with some people if you want, but it's, um, I just feel like you have to be very aware that are very selective moments and that it's not a comparison and it feels hard because you're like one after the other. So your mind, like you have one, the other, the other, the other, you compare, like it's yeah. a easy pattern to recognize. And then you see yourself, then you're like, what, what's happening? I think one thing is to acknowledge that Almost everyone has FOMO just in different points. And especially being second years at Kellogg, when we have more time, it's like less crazy. It's sort of on us and the impetus to think about like, how can we lessen this feeling for other people? Is it being more conscious of how we think about and act on social media? Is it thinking about our actions of like, oh, maybe I could like invite this person to lunch or like share this invitation if it's like a big group event. I think human nature is that like we like things to be like exclusive and like our group and homophily and all that stuff. But it's a really great responsibility at Kellogg. And I think the environment is set up and that like we're all Kellogg students. We all have this shared experience. It is easier to reach out here now with our classmates Mm -hmm. than probably any other time in our future. So we should take advantage of that. Yeah. How you 
pro- not protect others from feeling FOMO, but lessening the the urge of I don't know that feeling. I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's fine. It's weird for me to call it fear. I don't know why. Sorry, but I don't know why. I don't, it's not a, like a fear. It's like more unsettling, unsettling, something. I, I'm not afraid of missing out. I'm just you would rather not. It's like a twin, Jazz. It's, it's like, like that feeling. Of like, am I doing it? It's that little spark in your brain wondering if you're making the right decision. But I think fear is a little extreme. It's kind of yeah. a word that over it over dramatizes itself by its True. nature. It kind of feels appropriate. But it's also a little silly. I really don't view it as a negative thing per se. I think it's something that hopefully can guide us towards what are the decisions that we want to make that are going to make us happy day to day. You know, yeah. when I say yes to something, I say yes to it optimistically. And generally, I found that optimism is proven out of like, I chose to do this because I think it sounds interesting. Maybe it was Catan. Maybe it was something like an outlandish travel experience. And sometimes I can say yes to things, sometimes I can't. But when I can, I find that I'm usually doing it for the right reasons. And I usually have a sense of, am I going to enjoy this experience with these people? And often by leaning in and really going for it, I've found that I've gotten a lot of dividends from that. And that, you know, when there are tougher times, because I've had people who I've had the good times with, I think it's easier to have the bad times together. And I think that that's been really powerful to me. And I don't know if I can get to the place where I feel this comfortable in the relationship I have at Kellogg if I wasn't so aggressive about saying yes to stuff. No, I think that's really good. And just you don't do things because you're afraid you won't have a good time if you don't go. You're doing things because you think you'll have a good time if you do. And I think that's a really important distinction to make is when you start seeing yourself making decisions on opt in because you're afraid of what might happen if you opt out that's when we could be spiraling into like a pattern of FOMO as opposed to the positive aspects that you're you know we've talked about today in terms of if I go to this how will I grow what will I grow in terms of friendships and 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 our social relationships and our careers and whatnot and that's that that I think is like my takeaway from this is it's it's something that just you would have to recognize the thought patterns that lead to the negative aspects of it yeah for me another positive thing about it it's like this feeling has to lead to action i think that's my key thing if you feel the need to do stuff go try and do it and see how that that makes you feel if it energizes you if it you didn't feel present then you just i think there's a good balance at any given point in your life that you should try to take it to action and try to overcome it by just trying and maybe you like it maybe you don't but at least i think the next time that the situation presents itself you're gonna be much more in a peace of mind that like i tried it i didn't like it i want to stay thank you guys this was awesome we covered everything really well thanks for coming appreciate your insights yeah thank you guys guys. (laughs) so much